ask them what are your what are your opinions on what I've suggested. These are the options that I think as a clinician is is potential options. What do you think about this? Hello and welcome to the Medical Protection Podcast Headliner Series. I'm your host, Dr. Maida Raza. I'm a GP by background, communication skills tutor and training program director. And again, joining us today is Mr. Solomon Hasuna. This series is specifically for our international medical graduate members that find themselves now working within the NHS. In this podcast, we'll be exploring communication and focusing on shared care decision-making. Solomon once more will be sharing the patient experience, having a background in both law and medicine, but also extensive experience in what it's like to be a patient in our modern day NHS. He also works as an expert patient and we both work together in delivering communication skills workshops. So welcome Solomon, it's a pleasure to have you here again with me today. Thank you uh, for having me once again. Uh, It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Great. So as I said, Solomon and I work together um, to deliver communication skills training for our IMG listeners. And we know that the research shows that our IMG listeners can struggle with this. So it's wonderful to be able to talk about this in more detail because we know it's hard when you're consulting in a language that isn't your first language or a culture that's different from your own. So Solomon, in our last episode, we discussed how important empathy is for both the patient and the doctor. So today, I just wanted to dig a little bit deeper into the world of communication between the patient and doctor. And I wanted to talk about shared care decision making. So patient centered consulting. And I feel like that this is one of those buzzwords that you hear a lot about. But actually, it's probably worth spending a few minutes just really drilling down into what this actually means for both the patient and clinician. So really what I wanted to do is ask you, Solomon, what does shared care decision-making look like for you as a patient? So the way that I kind of think about it, so you've you've kind of got these two approaches. You've got the patient-centered care, which is where we're kind of heading. um, And you've got the older, more traditional paternalistic care, which is kind of where the doctor said, right, this is what we're going to do. The doctor kind of dictated where the consultation went and what the management uh, plan was and, and you know, things like that. And you kind of look at the opposite of that, which is the patient-centered care where you feel like you're working more as a team, uh, as a patient with the doctor. The patient is at the heart uh, of the decision-making process. And it truly feels as a patient, like you're involved in your healthcare um, and you're not just being told, right, this is what's going to happen to you. Um, so it, it's it's important because the patient has an understanding of not only what what should be done, but why. They understand the process. They understand mm. um, why certain decisions uh, are made together for the benefit of the patient. Sure, sure. Absolutely. That makes sense. So it sounds like this approach is involving the patients in decisions that are made for them and about them. 100%. Sure. And I guess for our listeners, um, if they've gotten their primary medical qualification outside the UK, this might not be a familiar approach for them. So it's great that we can spend a little bit of time going through this today. Yeah. So I guess um, one thing that I was thinking about just listening to you then is what are the benefits, if any, to a clinician using this approach? Do you think there are any benefits for a clinician to use this approach? So, you know, we briefly touch upon this in our communication skills course. And, you know, it's a resounding yes. There definitely is um, benefits for the clinician to use this approach. So 
me as a patient, I'll do it from my perspective as a patient, I'd be more likely to stick to, say, a certain treatment um, plan or management plan uh, if I had some involvement in that. Mm. So it, it, I assume it would make other patients as well more compliant to a, a treatment uh, plan. Um, I also think that if a patient is involved in their healthcare and the decisions made about them, they're more likely to be happy with with the outcome. Uh, they're less likely to complain about the doctor, both you know informally to their friends and family and more formally through a complaints procedure, say. And that inevitably can only lead to a, a you know a, a more reward rewarding environment for a doctor to work in. You know, the more satisfied your patients are, that's going to have a you know a positive feedback on the doctor. They're going to be happier and enjoy their work more. I also think it's important to notice that this is the trend, right? Mm. So it's a, this is the way things are going. Yes. Um, you know, for better or worse, now there's a lot more information um, that patients now have access to, and patients are you know becoming more active and more in charge of their own healthcare. Um, so for a doctor, it's kind of important to keep up with this trend because it's not going away. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And just to pick up on what you just said there, I've seen it myself as a clinician, certainly in those patients who have chronic health conditions where they may have researched their symptoms because the information is so freely available online. And mostly this can be really helpful, actually. It can be a hindrance sometimes, but I feel as a clinician, if I've got a patient who knows more about their um, medical condition, about their care, the potential outcomes, the options, and we can go through them and talk about them in detail, they tend to be more satisfied. And if they're satisfied, then I definitely feel that translates to me because then I feel more satisfied in my clinical abilities as well. So again, it's it's almost a bit of a win-win situation, really. I think when, um, when shared decision-making is done properly, it's a win-win all around because the patient leaves happier, doctor leaves happier and again it's this connection between the two the two people um and that, that benefits everybody yeah absolutely so i guess then really thinking about the flip side of that what might be the problems that you can foresee as a patient or pitfall shall i say with care being more paternalistic and not involving the patients as much in decisions about their care um so so the counter really uh, to the kind of the previous answer so as a patient, if you're kind of being dictated to, so me, for example, as a patient, if I was being dictated to, you could imagine that as being quite an uncomfortable place to be. And it could lead to, you know, potentially an uncomfortable, almost hostile consultation. Um, and, you know, again, so the opposite, a patient is less likely to stick to what's what's been told of them rather than if it was agreed. And of course, that has the potential down the line to lead to greater medical issues when things again present much bigger. Um, so I think it's only natural that if you don't feel involved in the process, you're more likely to be unhappy and therefore you're more likely to complain. You're more likely to put a complaint against the doctor. And it could lead to a very sour work environment, I imagine, for the doctor to, to kind of have, have that and deal with those things. Um, and again, you don't want to be left behind. You know, it's kind of the way things are going. Patient-centered care is, is where we're heading. So you don't want to be left behind, really. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And I guess it's probably worth adding in that even though we're taking patients' wishes into account when we're practicing shared care decision-making, it doesn't necessarily mean agreeing with what their demands are, but rather than advising them on what you think is appropriate and laying out the options for them. 
Oh, 100%. Patient-centered care doesn't mean that what the patient wants, the patient gets. That's that's not what it's about at all. It's about making the patient feel in, feeling involved with their own healthcare, laying out the options mm. um, and discussing it with them in, in, in words that they understand in terms that they can um, understand. Yeah. How do you think we could do that from a clinic? So as a clinician, um, how can we communicate effectively um, that perhaps, okay, we've given you the options, but also there's also an option of doing nothing because that can sometimes be part of shared care decision making as well, can't it? Oh, 100%. So sometimes doing nothing really is the best option. Um, You know, when I just think about my own journey, uh, that we do go into a lot more detail uh, on the communication skills course. There were definitely times where I felt like, you know, or we agreed that the best approach was to do nothing or to wait and see. Um, and I think it's important from the, from the clinician's perspective to explain to the patient all the potential options, including the option of doing nothing, and to to give all the risks of treatment and to give the risks of nothing, of no treatment, um, and to kind of put them out and for the doctor and the patient together to weigh up what would be the best thing. And, you know, sometimes the best option will be, you know, wait and see or managing a condition or doing nothing. And that that just might be the best option for the patient. And I think as long as the patient is aware of those choices and they have it fully explained to them in terms that they understand, um, I think that, you know, most patients would, would be okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like it boils down to good communication again, really. And I'm just thinking for our IMG listeners who might have been introduced to this concept today for the first time, they might be sitting there thinking how they as clinicians can encourage patients to take an interest in their healthcare and the decisions that are made about them and for them. Have you any advice for them at all? I know that's something that we touch on in our in yeah. our communication skills courses as well. So I would say the main thing is, open conversation so again it comes back to that conversation that connection for those 10 minutes for those you know 20 minutes however long you've got to the patient you really want to get that connection going and you want to explain to them the options again in 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 a way that they can understand because you know a lot of patients they won't have the medical knowledge um that the clinician will so it's about breaking it down um, as simply as possible um, and explaining the pros and cons for certain actions, and you know, again, for potentially not doing nothing. What's what's the advantage of not doing nothing, and what's the disadvantage? And it's also important to give the patient time. Mm. So, in a lot of situations, you know, the patient might be making you know a decision where neither outcome. So it's the least worst decision, if mm. you see what I mean. Yeah. So it's important to give the patient time to really think about what they want to do. Uh, you could also like you know, ask and encourage them to share their thoughts. Let them know they are part of this process. Ask them what your what are your opinions on what I've suggested. These are the options that I think as a clinician is, is potential options. What do you think about this? And really get into the detail about it. Um, and, and also, if you're just open and say, look, we're here to work as a team. Mm. I'm here to help you. Yes. I will lay out the options and I will give you the opinion of what I think is best and what I can medically do. Um, as a clinician but ultimately the decision is yours as a patient Mm, if I think that's okay if I think that's a reasonable option Mm. it might I might not think it's a wise option completely but ultimately we have to respect um, the autonomy of the patient so that's the kind of you know a few things that I can suggest really 
Great. Well, that's actually been really useful um, just to hear from a patient's perspective, which we don't really get the opportunity to do very often as a clinician. And it's also been really useful to reflect on what the phrase shared care decision making actually means, but also how to put it into practice. So I'm sure our listeners will benefit greatly from that. So thank you very much for having this conversation today with me, Solomon. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. And with that, we reach the end of today's podcast on shared care decision making. So for more information about the Medical Protection Society and the services on offer for IMG members, including our advice line and IMG communication skills virtual workshop, which we mentioned, please look in the podcast description. If you're new to podcasts, maybe listening for the first time, please make sure you subscribe to the channel to make listening in the future easier. You can also access this podcast from all of the major apps, including Apple, Google Podcasts and Spotify. I've been your host, Maida Raza. Practicing medicine can be wonderful, but also challenging. So please take good care of yourselves and see you next time.